Um, yo, so firstly, good evening. Welcome to Wellington PM. My name is Matthew. I think before, before I jump in, I think I'd actually like to tell you guys a bit of a story uh, about myself. <laughs> like, wow. Hang on. I, I have to. I'm sorry. That is, that is. Then December 16, study business uh, at Salamosh University, and uh, I was already accepted. Uh, but I felt the Lord press on my heart, uh, you know, to ask my, ask me the question like, Matthew, would would you give a year of your life to me? And I was like, Sure, Lord, no. And then I was like, Okay, I'll consider it. So I prayed a bit. Lord did some shifting in my heart, and. Uh, Needless to say, I said, Lord, I'll send in my TMT application. And if I get accepted, I'll know that you want me to do TMT for you next year. So I was like, okay, cool. And uh, so our, the TMT staff then organized the interview. Uh, I'm sure most of the TMT students here will testify that's probably one of the most terrifying parts of the whole process. You know, sitting in front of the TMT staff, can I get an amen? Yes? There we go, you see. I'm talking facts here tonight. Um, <laughs> So, so then they organized the, the, um, the meeting, the interview, and we go through the entire interview. And um, I could probably call this one of my most embarrassing moments. Uh, after the TMT staff did their usual, you know, where are you from, what's your story, how'd you get saved, et cetera, et cetera. Um, they then asked me a very simple question. Matthew, what do you think you are going to learn from TMT this year? And I kid you not, my honest response Praise the Lord for his grace. I said, probably not much. <laughs> but at least I'll be able to help the other students out. <laughs> Needless to say, the next year, the one thing that the Lord hammered on was pride. Hallelujah. <laughs> so I am, I am but just a person. Um, I, am, I am a saint in the life of the church. Um, but tonight I have the incredible privilege of, of sharing with us. Um, and I'm even trusting that, as I shared tonight, you know, it wouldn't be about a behavior modification, um, but it rather would be about our hearts changing, um, about the Holy Spirit touching us, um, that we would see Jesus, and as we see him, our lives would be transformed. Um, so I have a question I'm going to start off with. It says simply this. If you only had a few hours left to live, what would you be doing right now? If you only had a few hours left to live, what would you be doing right now? If we could quickly have a look at Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12. I'll be reading out of the ESV. I do, I do have my Bible here for aesthetics, um, but it's a CSB, so I'll be reading up there because it's, it's ESV. So, you know. 
And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. You see, he equipped the saints. We are the saints. For what? To do the work of ministry. To do the work of ministry. See, every saint is called to be a part of the church and to be a part of church life. All right? So before we get into this, I'd like to start off with an illustration. Uh, I need 11 guys, quickly. Okay, let's go. Come, come, come. 11 guys. Go ahead. Here we go. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Come, come, come. All right. Yeah. Here we go. All right. All right. Okay. I need, I need three people. Three people up front. One, two, three. Let's go. One, two, three up front. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Harvey, you can be in the center. All right. I need three in the midfield. Cody, you play center. So you, there we go. Here we go. You can face that way. You can face the, face the audience. All right. I need three at the back. All right. I need one right behind Wally. And then we have Ardian at the very back. All right. You can stand here. Now, can anyone, tell me, can anyone tell me what formation they're standing in? Don't worry, I can't either. But that's okay. <laughs> so, I'd like to use the illustration of a soccer match. All right? So, every team member has their part to play. All right? We have our strikers up front. We've got a beautiful ginger in the middle. Wow. <laughs> we have our midfield. We've got our defense, we've got our sweeper, well, in hockey terms, we have a sweeper. I don't know what they call it in soccer, but either way, you're at the back, he's there to help clear the ball, and we've got our goalkeeper. You see, every single, every single one of them has a key position to play, right? Now, what would to happen if one of the strikers were to start playing in defense? What would to happen if all three of the strikers fell back because the ball dropped back? Now, all three of them, come back, come back. All right, now, now, we, need to, now we need to get the ball... Now we need to go score a goal. But who's going to score the goal? Where's, where's, where's the strikers? All right, guys, you can sit down. Thank you so much. Round of applause. I feel like I need to come a bit closer again. See, every single one of them had a, dis a different position. Each one of them had a key part to play. But there's another position in the illustration that I want to draw our attention to, and that is the spectators. See, unlike soccer, and this is the title of my preach tonight, Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not a spectator sport. And I trust that as I share tonight, this, is, this will hit our hearts tonight, that we would see Christianity is not a spectator sport. Yo, this water is great, thank you. Sure. So, you know, sometimes you feel like you have interest in the game. You know, we watch soccer and we enjoy these things. But the question is, is it only ever going to stay in interest? You know, they are the ones, like the spectators in the game or the ones that are actually being served the entertainment, you know? It's like we might not even realize that actually in our own lives that we might be spectators. And the question is, what does a spectator in our context look like? Well... I was considering a little bit and, and, and seeing that I would, I would say that perhaps a spectator is someone who comes just to receive on a Wednesday or on a Sunday. So if we're coming to, to church life or to community life and, and our heart is just, we just want to receive, perhaps maybe in our hearts we're a spectator. 
or perhaps someone who doesn't realize, and, and, and this one we might need to grasp a little bit higher, is we might not realize, or someone who doesn't realize that actually God has got a call in your life, and he's actually calling you, and he wants each and every one of us to serve in the body of Christ. And even sometimes when we don't realize that it's our, there's a calling on our lives, we realize that we might be a spectator. See, unfortunately, in the Western church, the stats say that about 10% of the believers are carrying 90% of the workload. Think about that for a second. 10% of the believers are carrying 90% of the workload. You know? But here's the reality. There's actually so much more that the Lord has for you. And I'm talking to you as an individual tonight. Every single one of you have a key part to play in the body of Christ. Can we pull up Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10? If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me. It says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we should walk in them. He created us for good works, so that we should what? Walk in them. You see, Jesus is calling you. He's saying there is a part that you have to play. As an individual, here tonight, you're sitting amongst a church family, and the Lord is calling you and saying, you've got a part to play. So how do we transition our hearts from being a spectator merely someone that's on the outside to a participator, someone who is part of. How are you being equipped or positioning yourself to be equipped to do the work of ministry? It's so beautiful. We, for those of you who know, we've got the 412 conference coming up, which is super exciting. But the whole point of 412 is actually based on Ephesians 4.12. And I'll quickly read it again for us. It says, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. The whole point is to equip each and every single one of us so that we would all have a part to play, so that we would all be equipped to do the work of ministry. And I think the best way we can transition our hearts to look like this is to look at the one who served the best. So we're going to look at Jesus. See, Jesus' life was marked by how he understood that God called him to serve. Think about that for a second. God called him to serve, to lay down his life for us. See, serving is a part of the heart of God. Serving is a part of the heart of God in your life. Serving is a part of the heart. Let's have a look at Mark 10 quickly. Mark 10, verse 43 to 45. I, I'm not going to be preaching in the typical sense of looking at each scripture and digging into too many of these words and those words. I did think to add tonight that I need to add some Greek words uh, in because, you know, that's what preachers do these days. Um, so the Greek word for the word slave is doulos. Um, on to Mark 10. So, <laughs> but it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. First uh, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. But even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus' heart for his entire ministry was to serve. 
His heart was to lay down his life. He came in low. He served. He embraced the low way and not the highway. And he showed us what a heart of humility will do. It'll lay down your life. See, I have a question for us tonight. How deeply do we desire to be like Jesus? I'm not standing in front of you asking you, hey, come serve alongside of us because we think it's good. I'm saying, let's look at Jesus. And if Jesus served, shouldn't we also? Shouldn't we also? So how many of you want to be great? If you consider in your lifetime, like how many of you want to be great? You see, because the world says that the less we do, the more powerful we are. We are great. If you consider the rich for a second, they don't wash their own cars. They don't even drive their own cars. They don't make their own food. The less they do, the more powerful they are. And here's the scary thing, is that our modern culture has turned us into a consumer. It's turned us into a consumer. It's given us a consumer mindset instead of a serving mindset. It's all about me. If we consider just for a second how selfish everything is, consider it. An iPad, or YouTube, or MySpace, or an iPhone. It's all about you. It's all about me. It's what I can get. You've, oh. Yeah, we're not going to go to the YouVersion Bible app, but anyways. <laughs> See, the reality is, in, in life, we're taught the social, the, the culture of our modern days, actually, that it's all about you. But here's the reality. Jesus set a different example for us. He said, it's not about me. He said, he came not to be served, but to serve. And the question is this, it's actually all about how can I, it, it, the, we, we consider it and think of it like this, like how can I make my life easier as opposed to how can I make the people's lives around me easier or my leaders' lives easier or my church family or my community or where I work? Where are you currently serving? See, when we talk about being great, even the disciples argued, but who is the greatest? Let's have a look quickly at Luke 9, verse 46 to 48. You're a lot faster than I can drink. Sure, some good water. All right, it says this. An argument rose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side. And said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is the least among you, all is the one who is great. He who is the least. The example that Jesus sets for us is coming in low. See, the world says if you want to be great, you've got to be powerful. You've got to do as little as possible. But Jesus says if you want to be great, you have to come in low. You have to come in as the least of these. You give of yourself, even when it's not expected of you. So I come back to my question. If you only had a few hours left to live, what would you be doing right now? See, here's the reality. Jesus knew at the Last Supper that he only had a few hours left, and he washed the disciples' feet. He washed the disciples' feet. Think of this for a second. The king of the universe 
We would expect him to be doing something, maybe drawing attention, maybe trying to prove something. No. He was actually modeling us the perfect heart of humility and saying, I come in low. I will wash their feet. And I was even thinking about the story for a second where in the, in the olden days, I mean, Conrad and Murray Lane have a, have a beautiful, you know, baby shoes and they make them out of leather. And if you consider in the olden days, they would make their shoes out of leather, but they'd be walking around with open pluckies, basically. And it wasn't like nice roads that are tarred and grasslands. It was dirty. It was dusty. It was desert. Think of how dirty their feet were and how actually Jesus coming in low will wash their feet. It's such a deterrent to us. And the question is, are we willing to wash each other's feet? Are we willing to lay down our lives? Are we willing to give of ourselves? I want to have a look a little bit at the fruit of our hearts. Let's turn quickly to Matthew 7, verse 19 to 23. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. What I want to highlight over here is simply this. What fruit is your tree bearing? Does your fruit show a heart of serving, a heart of giving? Will we recognize that Jesus is Lord of your life simply by looking at the way you serve, simply by looking at the way you give of yourself? So you will know them by their fruits. And does the fruit of your life show that you're being led by the Spirit? Does the fruit of where you give yourself show that you're being led by the Spirit? See, if we don't see the heart of serving, we can become disheartened. We become disheartened. You know, we, we become entitled. We feel like it's all about us. It's like it's all about me. Like in me serving, I'm, I, I might be trying to serve just so that I can get approval. I might be trying to serve just so that I don't have, you know, all the, you know, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm trying to serve so Conrad doesn't come to me and be like, oh, Matt, why aren't you serving? Or what are you doing? But we lose the heart of it. You see, but when we see the heart of serving, when we see the heart of Jesus and want to model our lives after who Jesus is, then actually we'll recognize that serving becomes easy, becomes joyful, and it becomes a part of our everyday life. And I'm not just talking about serving in church. I'm, serving, I'm talking about serving wherever you are, giving yourself, loving one another, outdoing one another in showing honor. You know, we need to reflect. And this is the question I have for you. We need to reflect and ask ourselves, are we walking in the fullness of what God has called you to? Are you walking in the fullness of what God has called you to? See, in the beginning, in, in, uh, in Galatians, Ephesians 2, we see that actually we're, we're created. I'll read it again, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works. So that we should walk in them. Jesus is calling us tonight to walk in them. I'd like to have a look quickly and that we see the heart of this again is in Colossians 3, 23, verse 24, 33 to 24. See, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for man, 
knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. You are serving the Lord Christ. In everything we do is our heart's posture. Do we actually recognize? Because this is what it's saying here. Whatever you do, do it as for the Lord and not for man. Do you recognize that? That actually every action of your life you're doing for Jesus. You're doing it for him. So we need to look to the one who served first. And if Jesus served, the question is, will you? Will you give of yourself? Will you lay yourself down? There's a beautiful analogy, and in ending, I want to I show us this. is of a racehorse, where alone a racehorse can gun it, and he can run, and he can go fast. But when a racehorse runs in team, it can go far. And here tonight, you have a part to play. Your life has a part to play. Do you recognize that your life has significance? That the Lord is calling each and every single one of you to do the work of the ministry, to be equipped for the work of the ministry. See, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's not that we should stand on the outside. It's not that we should just sit here and, and week in and week out try and, 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 and make our hearts feel good, but rather our heart's position is coming in low. Jesus served. He gave himself. And therefore, how can I not but give myself? And I remember after Brazil, I came back with, with Cody, and, and I, I remember we, we were standing and chatting, and, and it was actually right before prayer meeting on the Sunday after I got back. And I was standing chatting to Conrad and just sharing with him this word that I had on my heart of the fact that Christianity is not a spectator sport. And this burning desire inside of me, the Lord came to come shift something in my heart and recognizing that actually sometimes I serve with the wrong heart motive. Sometimes I don't recognize that actually Jesus is my example and therefore my heart for serving is not to gain recognition. My heart for serving is not to try and be prideful or try to receive or to see what I can get out of it. My heart for serving is simply that he did it first. He served first and therefore